0: Welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet or anywhere.
1: I'm your host, Megan.
0: And I am your host, Joe.
1: And today we're here to talk about episode 704, entitled A Most Uncomfortable Woman. Mm-hmm. Written for television by someone named Marquet Franklin Williams and directed by the same person who directed the last episode, Jackie Gould.
0: I think this is also two episodes in a row where we have a writer with a hyphenated name. Wow. I'm just going to say, I'm just throwing it out there. Good, observations. Don't say exciting, I don't pay attention, Loyne. Exciting
1: Sorry. observations over These here. These are the things I got to Lloyd entertain Lander. myself with. I will say, we just finished the fourth episode of this season. Mm-hmm which also represents we are halfway through this season of Outlander.
0: It's like a beautiful knife in my heart. It
1: has gone by so quickly. And by halfway through this season, I mean we're halfway through Outlander for the year. Like we've waited so long and we're halfway done. I know. And we're not going to get it again for at least another year. Lord knows when. It's gone by very quickly. Indeed. Okay, so... This has a cold open.
0: hmm We see... And a timestamp.
1: A timestamp and a place and a location stamp. Yeah. Which struck me as completely bizarre because it's that same very familiar shot of Lallybrock. Yeah. With the road and, and it says Lallybrock. And it just threw me off because of all the different locations and places that our Outlander characters go, that's where you're actually telling, like, what the?
0: I mean, I got it kind of in the sense that the last time we saw Claire and Jamie, they were also on their way to Lollybrock, technically. So I guess it was like, which Lollybrock is it?
1: Oh, because it showed Lollybrock yeah. and then and Long like Pause 1980.
0: 1980 car.
1: So appreciated the timestamp. Thought Lollybrock location a stamp was yeah. bizarre and so did you but maybe it I was i think they're kind trying of, to be clever teaser kind yeah. of thing then you see a car so we learn that roger and brianna have been living in a caravan for the last two years which is parked right outside of lallybrock yeah while they renovate the bedrooms
0: and everything else by the looks of and it. everything else yeah.
1: yeah so the construction guy comes out he's like i need to talk to you please come in did you notice that they don't show them walking in, like they can't follow them into Lollybrock, right? Brock, right? Yeah, so they show them like pausing, looking at each other. Yeah, I mean, scene.
0: having never been in the building, only outside of it, I don't know if like the inside Lollybrock set, I don't know if that's the actual house or not.
1: It's not. No, no, it, it was always like, a, like the, act, an actual like set. Like a sexual set. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but that is something that. I was a little bit disappointed about it. i couldn't figure out where they were standing right and after all of season one some of season two i think like i am familiar with the way lolly brock looked when jenny and ian lived there and i was disappointed that when roger and brianna were standing there talking to the contractor that i couldn't picture where they were yeah like i wanted it to i wanted it to feel familiar
0: Well, it looked different, for sure, because it was all 80s-ized, but I really liked all the production design and everything in the house. It looked really cool.
1: Yeah, you did. And you said every contractor experience everyone has ever had.
0: No one's ever had the, uh, we hired a contractor and it went well, and and it was exactly how much we thought it was going to cost Yeah, That's like Roger and Brianna experiencing that.
1: And we're learning they don't have the money. They don't have the money for these renovations. If If only only there was a cave full of gold somewhere.
0: (laughs) Don't need that. Right.
1: And then we have, we have the credits, Sing Me a Song. Mm, yeah. And then the title card, which we haven't been talking about no. the title cards. And that's one of my favorite things about this show is the title card. This title card shows Jamie's and, desk from Lollybrock.
0: How do we know? Okay, you mentioned, because I, I asked, I'm like, oh, it's a desk. But you said specifically that it was Jamie's desk. How do we know that it was Jamie's desk? Because we never actually saw Jamie at Lollybrock at a desk. So how do you oh, know? Did, did we?
1: We did. And if you would be so kind mm. as to finish our rewatch oh. of season one, you would see.
0: I've seen season one.
1: I know, but you need a rewatch, okay. I think. It well, sounds like you need a rewatch. I don't know if that's There's what also said. later on, and I'd already watched the whole episode when right. you were watching it with me, and there's that comment when Roger is sitting there and he says, Do I look like a laird?
0: Right. But Jay Frey was never the laird
1: of Lollybrock, was he? When he and Claire go to Lolly in season one, yeah. he's acting like the Laird. I can't remember. And people are bringing so them gifts and someone hands Claire a vase, which is very symbolic to Claire. It represents home because mm. you'll recall in the pilot, she was looking at the vase right. in the front. I do recall of the... the vase. So we should we should rewatch it together. This just shows me that you need a you need a hard rewatch on season it one. It would be
0: hard for sure. And not in the Jay Frey way. <laughs>
1: Very clever. Back in the past, young Jamie, or sorry, young Ian, mm-hmm. Jamie, and Claire are camping on their way out to Scotland.
0: Yeah. And. Jamie wants a snack.
1: Jamie wants a snack. Claire, or he says, this, I'm looking for, pause, and he kind of looks up, an apple.
0: This was very reminiscent because I, you often tell me that I should be eating an apple when I'm looking for a snack. Whenever Jay, you're
1: hungry at night, yeah. I'm like, have an apple. Jay Frey healthy. Know, and he knew, knows. He knew. He yeah, knew. He she knew. said, I'm,
0: I want the cheese he wanted he, he'd he, get it
1: yeah he was looking for the cheese but he got the apple um but anyway so then claire comes over and the two of them are sort of canoodling together mm. and young Ian thinks that he hears something in the bushes yeah he pretty much goes off
0: yeah he like loses his shit yeah which was actually kind of weird now thinking back to it because he got all a uh, wonked out about uh what's what's his name abe bug arch bug he's like yeah archbug you come out here we'll finish this right now and he's got his little tomahawk out and he's like yeah. getting it all ready to fight archbug and then jamie's basically like chill dude it's not archbug it is a squirrel um and and ian's all wound up because he thinks mr bug's coming for him.
1: well and he's screaming like let's settle it right now and this is what you were yeah. talking about right
0: yeah it's exactly what i was talking about it's like if he's he's all willing to like tomahawk him in the head right now in the middle of the force like why why did he let him walk away with, the, with the idle
1: threats and i love this jamie moment jamie just walks up and grabs his arm and says calm yourself there's no one here
0: it's an interesting moment in the sense that um and you know spoilers if you haven't seen the episode that they they play it up as this thing but then never go back to it in the episode and there's a lot of young ian in this episode it was just like this little thing and then never like i thought it was that seemed to me like a set, like a setup for something that we were going to see something with Archbug later in the episode. But in fact, he was no bug. He Maybe was dead bug.
1: next episode.
0: Maybe. I, I mean, I'm sure. But I, I'm just saying like in the, the context of this particular episode, there was a lot of Ian and not a lot of bugging him.
1: Mm-hmm. Are, you, yeah. are you really pleased with your I pun? Mean, not
0: that pleased, but oh, I'm no, not, please. not not pleased.
1: Then we have William in North Carolina with his cousin. I was trying to figure out who this cousin would be. Like, where is the cousin from? It's not from Jamie's side. It's not. From I didn't Lord even know John's that it was supposed side. to be his cousin. I thought it was He referred like to his... him as cousin. Oh, really? His cousin is puking from drinking too much, and William is helping him. And then this leads to a pretty disturbing scene. Yeah. Where a man is kicking and beating and throwing around a woman. A woman of the night, we can
0: call the her. A lady of the night, yeah.
1: And he's screaming at her, and this scene, I you know I watched it twice now, and it's a little bit bizarre to me because, it it's I think it's there to make William out to be a hero. Yeah, and he's obviously uncomfortable, but it takes him a long time to intervene. Yeah, I mean, I didn't too find, long, I, too long. In it, it, I didn't find died. this
0: scene believable at all because, like. Again, I didn't live in ye old timey North Carolina, uh, but I just feel like no matter how drunk those soldiers were, that like 12 or however many dudes are just like, yeah, burn the prostitute. And that's a good idea. I like I don't, I didn't, I did not buy that as, as plausible in any way whatsoever. The, the, I didn't
1: quite understand. Like, I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. Like, what kind of a scene is this? And again, I think it's meant to show that William is a good guy, but we know this already. We can assume that he's a good guy. He was raised by Lord John, so we can assume
0: that he is a good person. And I mean, every time I see something like this that I think like, "Eh, it does not seem plausible at all. I just assume it was in the books because I don't know that anyone would, would, nobody would just would write that this day and age be like, yeah. And then 12 soldiers just like regular army dudes are just like, yeah, burn someone to death like like that's that's evil it's, shit. Murder. it's that's, murder that's beyond murder that's like that's maniacal that's that's horrible so it's like I, I just feel like it seemed
1: pretty crazy that no one tried to do anything and then william did but not until, not until like, the very
0: end she he, had he been puts her out and then she's like too far gone yeah um but but yeah so i, I didn't i mean the, there's a million ways they could have shown Ian is I mean or you not mean William. Ian William yeah. like all all they had to do was like maybe the drunk soldier was like roughing her up or something like that you know and everyone was okay with that which is still super shitty but like you know it's not it's not quite the level of burning her to death alive I guess she would be alive. We're she was brought to death, yep. uh, but like you know, in a torturous, horrible manner. And uh, you know, like, but even if he was just whatever, being a douche to her, and William was the only one that stepped in to sort of like defend her, I think that would have gotten the the gist across.
1: I think so too. It reminded me a little bit of like when Brianna was raped by Stephen Bonnet. Mm-hmm. All the men in the pub—I don't know if you remember—they were all aware of what was happening, right. All of them ignored it. No one did anything. Some of them looked uncomfortable, but they didn't do anything to rescue her. So Uh. maybe it was just like a group mentality. Although these are like young soldiers. These are people like that's
0: what I mean. These aren't like surly pirates. Like these are supposed to be like
1: eighteen and nineteen year old. Like these people are a different generation than Jamie and Lord. Like these guys would be even more. Like equal rights for all. I mean, I know it's the olden I mean, days, but every generation is a little bit more enlightened and a yeah. little bit more educated. I, I don't so know. It yeah, seemed
0: totally. It just didn't seem plausible to me at all.
1: It seemed. It seemed a little. I, it was really ups, like disturbing yeah. to watch.
0: And then at the end. Some woman just comes out and is like, hey, what's going on out here? Is like the woman just like smoldered. Like no one even pays attention to the fact that there's like a burning corpse in the middle of the oh, road. I know. Like it was such a weird and really like weird. Yeah. unmotivated scene. Anyway.
1: Then we have, we're back in Lollybrock in 1980, and we have Roger who's keeping a journal about time travel to mm-hmm. figure it all out. So he was saying, he's kind of muttering to himself that it was consistently 200 years for him. And for Brie. And for Claire. But for Galus Duncan, when she went back, it was more than 200 years. Because you'll recall that Galus met Roger and Brie in the 1970s before she went back in time. And as we know, she was already back there when yeah. Claire arrived from the 1960s.
0: Yeah, well, this is just classic Outlander. Or from nineteen Sorry,
1: from the 1950s, Claire went back. Yeah. So Claire just... fell back 20 years before Galas, but arrived after her.
0: Yeah. It's just the classic outlander. Nothing really makes any sense. We're well, not going to explain think anything in the if end. If we
1: have Roger walking through it, there must be...
0: Maybe they'll get to that eventually. Right. But uh, it doesn't... I don't know. It's never really, you know, made a ton of sense to me that, you know, the... I I mean maybe if, if I'm sure someone's written a you know a master's thesis about it somewhere about how it's related to like blood or love or the love of blood well, or something.
1: he some... said he said because Galus thought at the time that you had to do like a blood sacrifice, mm-hmm. so maybe that like. What...
0: I don't mean blood like literal like spilling out of your veins, but I mean like Brianna will go back to where Cl- like I just think it's because they're obviously the way, like it seems to be the way it works anyway is that, like, you basically, it's like two trains, like, parallel to each other on a track. Right. And you're just literally jumping back and forth from one track to another, but both trains are always driving forward. You're just jumping from train to train. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, so, it's almost like, you know, if I were to try and puzzle it out, it's it's like, it's like you you only have, like, each individual person, and in this case, just very luckily... Claire and Roger and Brianna and the children all like jump to the exact same points in the past and in the future now Brianna I would buy and also the children but Roger makes no fucking sense Roger
1: was thinking about Brianna he was no but that's that's
0: not what I'm saying I'm saying that it has nothing to do with like mind wishing or anything like that that it's like you are basically predetermined like one basically time tunnel that you can travel through
1: Roger is distantly related to Galus, don't forget. Because Galus... That makes no
0: sense in my theory, because then he would jump in the same time tunnel as Galus Duncan.
1: I know. Because Roger is the descendant of Dougal and Galus.
0: Right. Anyway. So
1: Roger and Brianna are distantly related.
0: I guess very distantly.
1: Not that distantly. I mean... Because Jamie and Dougal... Jamie is Dougal's nephew...
0: I guess, yeah, when you consider yeah. And and, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's it doesn't make any fucking sense. And I they don't I think they've gone so far that they can't possibly make it make sense now, so they just
1: I bet Diana will make it make sense. Diana Gabaldon. I like
0: that you're on a first name basis with him. Mean, well. quite we're close. Gabby. Yeah. D Gabby.
1: So Brianna finds the radio of their in their house like an alarm radio clock dissembled
0: disassembled
1: Mm -hmm. and Jemmy says the fairies did it yeah which obviously and then there's like a consequence like they take away his allowance or something and he leaves Roger tells her that the musket ball is actually gold and they realize then that there must be more hidden in the chest that Jamie wrote about yeah and she and Roger once again agree not to say Jamie didn't just
0: decide to trick them in a letter like why would he not why would he lie and they
1: they agree not to do or say anything about this right. discovery
0: now yet they say yet right like not yet because they want Jemmy to be a, a, they want them to be children and and not remember that they're time travelers i don't really get it but this is also what i don't get it's like because time has passed right because the little what's the girl's name mandy mandy mandy's like five mm-hmm. so it's been like five years or four years or it's been like a serious passage of time. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you from personal experience that children are goldfish. Like there is no way that Jemmy will remember anything from of, with any level of detail from five years before. Like he can, would probably barely remember Jamie to be honest, let alone the mm, cave. Like sad, but it is sad, yeah. but it's true. Like, I mean, I know our kids like, like, don't remember anything from five years ago really are still of the age where the memories aren't like imprinting yet so yeah like it's just i don't know maybe diana gabaldon doesn't have kids and doesn't realize that uh, kind of she's thing three there you go so i mean you think she'd she'd know that but it's like we're, maybe roger and brianna because it's their oldest child don't realize that jimmy is a goldfish and, and shouldn't remember i mean in the context of the story of course he's going to remember flawlessly where it is
1: i mean i hope so anyway but I found that really annoying.
0: Yeah, super annoying. That or whatever. scene it's where Bran is like,
1: "No, we're let's not do anything," and he's yeah. like, "Okay." Then back to William. He is being commended for standing up to all of his peers. Yeah. Which, okay, sure. And he's to, he's told basically to, he's given a like a
0: hmm, assignment.
1: An assignment, I guess, yeah. to uh, to act as a spy. And travel to Dismal Town. it's called.
0: It's a great name.
1: And deliver these letters with utmost discretion. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then travel to New York and meet up with this.
0: His buddy. His
1: buddy. There. And William is up for the challenge.
0: William is interested in it. He doesn't want to be a spy, but he's okay being like a covert messenger guy. Um, I just want to say, as an aside, uh, I love William. I love this character. I know. I love the actor that plays him. I like it is he is the breath of fresh air that this show needed, mm-hmm. um, in in many ways. So I I really like this character, and I like that he that Lord John has buggered off, and that William is just here to do his thing.
1: Why do you like that Lord John has buggered off?
0: I don't like that he's buggered off because I Lord John's amazing, but it's like I like that Lord John buggered off and William didn't.
1: Oh, I see that William's still here to entertain yes. us. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like him too. And you pointed out. I did. You provided me with some outlander information, which is that he's Canadian.
0: He is Canadian. He is, Shout out
1: yeah, to Canada. Go
0: Canada. Yeah. No. Because uh, I posted on our Facebook thing that.
1: On our uh, Facebook thing. On our
0: Facebook thing. Him and uh, David Barry having a little canoodle. Uh, by the way, if we're going to drop our Facebook thing. Feel free to reach out to us at loinlander at gmail.com or on our Facebook thing. Loinlander (laughs) Facebook thing. Loinlander Facebook thing. What is it? It's called Loinlander Podcast Group. That's right. That's right.
1: Okay. So then we have Brianna going for a job interview. And I love all of this 1980s stuff. I find it so interesting. I love the storyline. I love the costumes. It is a shame that Sophie Skelton is leading it because this interview was interesting because you know, she's come from the past, but it's still the past to us. Right. Women are still looked down upon. She is dressed very nineteen seventies. Yeah, but you mentioned that. But you it pointed is only out it's only so. nineteen eighties. It's just nineteen eighties. So it's not time for the for the sort of, you know, fluorescent pink eyeshadow. Right. Yeah, we're not there yet.
0: Plus maybe in Scotland things hadn't really You know, maybe that was still still the fashion. And sometimes the fashion doesn't make it from America.
1: Yep. So she deals with the misogyny really well. Yeah. Calls him out. What kind of plant pathology requires a penis? She Mm -hmm. asks at one point. And you chuckled.
0: I did chuckle. I like that line. I like that line. at a line
1: delivered by Sophie Skelton.
0: I mean, she was pretty damn wooden in this scene, but I liked the writing and I liked the scene a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. Then we're following William on his journey. Mm -hmm. There's alligators in a swamp. Like you can tell something's going to go wrong. It's very swampy.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of foreshadowing.
1: And his horse gets spooked by a snake. Mm -hmm. He takes a really bad tumble.
0: Yeah. Falls down to a valley.
1: He falls down into a valley. He gets a stick stuck in his arm and he pulls out the stick. You and I both agreed in that moment that he shouldn't pull it out. Yeah. But instinct would tell you. To pull that stick out.
0: I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I'm pretty sure I've read that that's a bad idea, but William wouldn't have known that. Yeah. He wouldn't have watched any survival shows or anything like that.
1: Then we're back to Jamie Frazier, who we haven't seen in a long time. Nope. I wonder if Sam Heughan and Katrina Balfe like how, like they work a lot less now, right? Yeah, She no. used to be in every single scene. Jamie's walking down the street and he gets pulled aside by someone named Mr. Hartnett, who we met right. in the last season who convinces him or compels him or conscripts conscripts him to stay
0: yeah this guy went from being sort of like jamie's ally to like a great big douche in about five seconds yeah he was like join our team and he was like oh i don't think so he's like how would i make you like that was that was uh that wasn't very cool at all it wasn't
1: nor was the next scene which is jamie and claire and ian discussing his need to stay Mm -hmm. the three of them Sit there and I was actually thinking they've had so many conversations, like just the three of them, like in Jamaica, all along the journey to America. Jamie says he wants to stay and fight for freedom and
0: for Brianna. What does that mean? Fight for Brianna? And like Brianna's gone.
1: Get, yeah, you started getting really frustrated, oh, especially geez. because Mr. Hartnett had said that he could put another man in his place. Yeah, volunteer another else. man in his place, and you were like, "I volunteer Archbug. He'll yeah. fight for you.
0: Get the bugger in there." Yeah, like it's, uh, it made no sense. It I don't, didn't this make is, any sense. This, this was, is classic dumblander. Yeah, this
1: was. The, I found this frustrating too. And he said, "So I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna fight for freedom and for brie And Claire said, "Well, I can't think of anything else that's more ideal." And you said, "You know what's ideal? Get on your horses and fuck off. That's ideal."
0: Exactly. Like put on some <laughs> put on some like cowls. Go in in the night, get on your horses and leave and get on a boat and go to Scotland. That guy will probably be dead when you get back. Like there's, there's not much to worry about.
1: And then Claire says, I'm coming with you. And I hear Joe mutter, dumb fuck. And (laughs) Ian says, I'm coming too, Joe.
0: Triple dumb fuck. Triple dumb fuck indeed. Like seriously, it's just, it's so stupid. It makes no sense. Like they could just tell Ian, it's like, hey. They win. You don't have to stay. By the way, I come from the future. I know what's going to happen. Which he knows she does. We don't need to stick around. I know. You don't need
1: to fight. That was a frustrating scene. At the same time, I think that's, I mean, they have to just follow what she's written, right? Uh,
0: right. Yeah. That's part of the dumb story. Back at Lollybrook. Yeah.
1: Roger is painting mm-hmm. a deep red, a deep, deep. 70s that's red. Right. And he hears Jemmy put Mandy in a closet couple things to note here. Roger comes in, he goes, he rescues Mandy from the closet. Yep. Richard Rankin is Ooh. wearing the shit out of that blue t-shirt. That's the first thing I want to point out.
0: Yeah. No, he, he looked good. I also just want to say with Mandy, I like in true little sister or little sibling fashion, she did not realize she was locked I in the closet. Know. She thought it was a game. She thought it
1: was a game <laughs> and it reminded us of our little one. That's <laughs> right. Who yeah. even when he's getting bullied is like, this is part of the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, but at that time, what we were talking about was that Richard Rankin looks really good in regular clothes.
0: He looks so much better in 80s slash regular clothes than he did in colonial fashion. Colonial fashion is not Richard Rankin's jam.
1: It's not. No. Um, And then we also noted that he holds... Kids and babies like he has one. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because he doesn't. But whenever we watch shows and movies together, you can really tell actors when they hold kids or babies, you can tell the ones who don't don't have babies. That don't have kids. And one glaring example was when Tobias Menzies in season three has to hold baby Brianna. Yeah. And it's like you can just see like he's so uncomfortable. (laughs) Like he's trying. And he's the best actor yeah. in the world, but he cannot fake It's like being... someone take
0: this thing. Someone take it.
1: <laughs> he cannot fake holding a child. Richard Rankin seemed very comfortable, very comfortable
0: holding comfortable holding a child. Maybe he has uh some like he must nieces have and, nephews and nephews or something because
1: yeah. yeah, he's quite comfortable. Brie comes home and she got she got the uh the position, she mm-hmm. got the job. He gets upset.
0: Yeah, this is which, classic Dick on. Roger. Where, what happened to good guy Roger?
1: I don't know. Also, how about the fact that Brianna just turns to the kids and is like, can you guys go play in the living room? And they can have a private conversation. Like, what kind of parenting is it? Like, we don't it's ever classic, get yeah. to... No,
0: that doesn't... That's, no. that's That's 1980s parenting. Actually, that's true.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he's upset and you started asking me a ton of questions, which I don't know the answer to. So, Loinies, please help Joe. He's like, isn't Roger a professor from Scotland? Yeah. <laughs> like, didn't he have a really good job why is he acting all like i can't provide for you i'm failing what your parents requested of me because you're like brie got the job she's a damn manager and they own a castle like why is yeah. he upset yeah,
0: they're not exactly that's not that's not bad like they're doing pretty damn well for themselves why is he all like me me I don't like know. also yeah like he I, we know we saw a a shot of him professing at like what looked like a fairly reputable university really
1: yeah he has and, he has a job if he wants I, a yeah, job i don't he get it how like oh i
0: can't provide for you i'm only like a pretend learning priest or something like that it's i like, really
1: also I found that very confusing yeah so and when claire said to him take care of our girl i think she meant like not financially but yeah like he's a good dad he's doing a great job painting
0: that wall it, it, it seemed bizarrely misogynistic from a guy who basically like like i think i also said something to the effect of like like brie was better than you in the past already yes. she could shoot a gun better she could invent all kinds of shit like you were lost you were a lost puppy in the past too like why is this a big shock to you that in the future she's also better like than better than you
1: yeah <laughs> you, you know like that is what not, said. And, not,
0: and not even that she's better but that, that he even has to like look at it like that you know, like, and she is better. She's very smart. She was in MIT, like, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But, like, it shouldn't, like, like why is it a surprise now? I don't know. Yeah, no. this
1: is a consistent theme in your relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Back to Willie. you were. This is when you realized you were very happy with this.
0: Uh, he prefers to be called William.
1: Oh, is that right? Okay, well, you'd know. Yeah. So, this is when you said... I like that you were calling him Willie. You're like, I like that Willie has his own arc. We need some fresh blood. And then you keep watching. and You're like, he's not doing well, though, because he was stumbling through the forest. But who does he run into? What a wonderful coincidence. What a
0: wonderful coincidence. Very unlikely. In the forest, a bajillion miles away, in the middle of fucking No Man's Swamp. No. There's young Ian and Rolo.
1: It's unlikely, but it's great.
0: It is. uh, It's Uh what. The deus ex machina, I believe. Uh, Okay. Yeah.
1: I was very happy with this new buddy storyline. So Ian tends to his wound with a dirty knife and some boiling water. That's right.
0: That's right. That's, yeah. I mean, also, you know, I I feel like Auntie Claire may have taught him a little bit better than that. Well, I would, you would think so. I
1: really thought he was going to take his knife and put it in the boiling water or or put it over the fire
0: or something cauterize. Yeah. I, I mean, he was doing the best he could, I guess, but yeah. Um, I guess he just didn't really pay much attention to, to Auntie Claire. I guess not. She was doing some stuff.
1: So they are first cousins, which Ian knows, but William doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then Rollo lies beside William. And Ian says, he likes you. He thinks you're family. And I love that. Like I said to you, I'm like, I bet he smells like Jay Frey.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> gross. Cute. Uh, i love rollo though and rollo looks great i'm not sure if that's the same dog this Rolo looks a lot fluffier than previous look, rolos but fun. i just want to cuddle him so much <laughs> i like new fluffy rollo just as much as i liked old less fluffy rollo
1: yeah so then we have claire and she runs into someone as well she runs into tom christie
0: yeah he uh he runs into her with his lips
1: yeah and you said at the time well, I'm going to take a big swing if I'm still alive.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what Tom does. That's what risque, he does. But...
1: Yes. And then they kind of acknowledge, I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. Because obviously she thought he was killed and sacrificed for her. And he had heard through the grapevine about her fire. Although, why would he think they were dead in the fire? I don't were, know. Like they were no one that provided that information. I mean, Jamie and Claire were standing with all the townspeople watching the house burned to the ground.
0: Maybe it was just a bad game of old-timey North Carolina telephone.
1: Maybe. But you pointed out, you said, Tom Christie has flustered Claire. We
0: don't often see a flustered Claire. I don't remember seeing a flustered Claire ever before. Maybe there was.
1: They go and have a cup of tea together, and he explains that the reason why he wasn't killed was because he was literate and he could write. And Claire has this moment you can kind of see. she's Cocky Claire. Cocky she's Claire. She said, well, if I hadn't mended your hand. No. And she's very pleased with herself. Right, and
0: like where Tom was like, well, I guess we took turns saving each other's lives then.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is where we learned that Tom wrote the obituary.
0: Right, yeah.
1: So again, this is this is where I got confused. So he wrote the obituary that I guess Brianna eventually saw. But it wasn't in January when the house burnt down, but maybe it was January by the time...
0: News had Tom gotten to him.
1: received the news. Telephone
0: game. Maybe. I don't know. But
1: there's no timestamps here. And this is also when you were saying, so you know how you just brought up your train analogy? Mm-hmm. We're ahead of the train for Roger and Brianna.
0: They've blown back their train. Right. And- so
1: where I think Claire is now, although there's been a few months... Just a few months, but there's though, been not... like
0: five years, right? For Roger, right? Manning. So, for Claire, or, or maybe not five, but like there's been no, the kid that is the kid's kid old five, older. she looks yeah. five.
1: So, for Jamie and Claire, it's been maybe a year, maybe,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, a timestamp would be great. So, when Claire and Jamie were going through this, like what we're seeing Claire and Jamie go through now.
0: This would have been Roger and Brianna's like adventures from getting from North Carolina in their Renaissance Fair outfits to to Boston. To Boston. And getting,
1: meeting Joe Abernathy and like Uh, having their daughter's life. Which I love how they just
0: like, and everything was fine in the end. Like they just glossed over that completely. Um, Yeah. So that's, they've, they've jumped. Ahead, head hard with for Roger, Roger and Brianna, Brianna. But, not but we're Jim still Cut.
1: back with Jamie and Claire and what they're going through. So mm-hmm. this is Tom Christie's final scene because yeah. he says, um, I shall have no peace while you live woman mind. I don't say that I regret it. Like he loves her mm-hmm. forever.
0: He would love, he'd rather live a tortured Claire filled life.
1: Yeah. This he's so funny because he's trying to be sweet and he's like, I've only loved two women one was a witch and a whore and one was you. People say you're a witch too, but I don't care. Like what kind of a He,
0: he has his own <laughs> charms. He has <laughs> his own charms for sure. Uh I love this actor and I love this his like he just delivered had these lines amazingly well. Like he he uh he was great. He was really good and mm-hmm. he has good cle- good chemistry. He mm-hmm. has good chemistry with uh Katrina Ball. Yeah. I mean, she kind of has good chemistry with everyone, but he, you know, it's, it, it was really good. This character, even though he had to go because he really has no story arc left that I can think of. Like mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, it's too bad. He he was strong.
1: I think Katrina Ball thinks it's too bad too. There mm-hmm. was like cute little interview between the two of them yeah. that was posted on Loinlander podcast group. And you could see that she was like, she'd really enjoyed working with him. Yeah.
0: She has a bit of a dorkier laugh in real life than I would have expected. I
1: love it. Yeah. So she watches him walk away. And that's the end, I think, of the Tom Christie storyline for real this time. Yeah. So the next scene is between Claire and Jamie. And it's quite funny because she's relaying all the information to Jamie about how he kissed her. And Jamie says, you liked it, did you? And she said, it isn't funny. And then he says, did you like
0: it? Jeffrey gets a little (laughs) jealous.
1: It was a really cute scene. And then they stand up and they're by the light, and you said, this is beautiful lighting. It's the first time they've done anything good with lighting since Ronald D. Moore left.
0: (laughs) It's true, it's true. This was a really nice looking scene. The light coming through the window was really, really great. They did a great job using shadows, and it just, it it was a really nice, well composed, well, it it really well lit scene. You don't see it very often in Outlander. Usually everything's lit really flat or dark, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, yeah. it, it was surprising. It was, it was good. Like it was, it was very noticeable because it looked very different, different from a yeah. lot of, or most other outliner scenes.
1: Jamie and Claire get into it. There's a literal bodice ripper at one point.
0: I know that made me laugh.
1: This scene was not cringeworthy to me at all. I thought like, I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. You pointed out, Jamie, no scars.
0: No, no
1: scars on his back.
0: Sam, <laughs> like, you know what I'm not doing anymore? Makeup chair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No,
1: wouldn't even be you a chair see, you
0: only see a glimpse of his back for like it's half a, a second but there's concerns. nary a scar to be no. found
1: that is a privileged actor's beautiful skin that's right yeah <laughs> then we have ian and william pulling up to a quaker house william is not doing well on the horse no and we meet rachel and denzel hunter right and These characters, you can tell, are a big deal in the book. And just from being an Outlander fan, like, I know when these two actors were cast, it was a really big deal. So, and I, I think that they've been well cast, just from what I saw. I like both of them a lot. Yeah. And Rachel definitely had, like, a hero shot as she came out, right? There's, like, this moment. You
0: definitely seem like a reveal.
1: Yeah, like, there she is. And she is stunning and beautiful. Um... And she takes both of them inside. And Denzel, her brother, is like a doctor of some sort, a healer. Dude, yeah. And he immediately looks at William's arm and says, "Fetch the saw." Yeah. And you were freaking out. In oh. addition to DBs, as we call them, you have no tolerance for people getting amputated on shows. Not because it upsets you. But you just...
0: What I hate is that they obviously, like the Fergus thing, then they have to spend, if it's a main character, then we just have to see them wearing a damn fake hand for like years. I hate it. Luckily, it was just a big disgusting pus zit thing. You were freaking right out
1: and then a huge amount of pus pops out and Denzel says, this is good news. We don't need to amputate. So the next day, Ian is about to leave. And Rachel comes out and you were like, as soon as they started talking, you look at me and you're like, what's going on here? Something's going on here. She wants to fling off that bonnet.
0: Like yeah. you. No, first of all, I really like this actress that plays Rachel. Yeah. She's a really good actress. She is. But like her and young Ian were just like eye banging each other immediately. <laughs> like immediately. <laughs>
1: They have really good chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Like, really good chemistry. Although he had great chemistry with Malva, too. It's true. So there was a part of me that's like, did this girl audition for Malva? And they're like, not for Malva, but you can yep. have this role instead. So when he's about to leave, he looks at her and says, and I'm going to try and say it with the same intonation in my voice. He's like, was it a pleasure meeting your acquaintance, Miss Hunter. And you pointed out, aptly so, that he was saying it like, how you doing.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah, he was that was like his hookup line.
1: That, and she's like, I'm doing good, baby. How are yeah. you doing?
0: He's like, Tee hee hee, let's do this. Yeah.
1: So it was a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Miss Hunter, and you said she's looking for more pleasure.
0: <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, no, there were uh like I don't know what's gonna happen with these two characters in the future, but like it was smoldering.
1: I know. I hope something. Yeah. Back with Roger and Brianna. They're talking about that you know they're looking for the biscuits and the crisps,
0: the anti-smouldering. Yeah, I know they are the
1: opposite of what we just had. Right. Jemmy says that a horse-like demon, like there's a fo- I can't remember a, what they call I can't it. I never either. heard of this. It's a folktale from the Northern Isles, and he but ate like the something biscuits. dark, something like dark. Something... And he ate the biscuits. He's like, I was lying about the fairies and the clock radio, but this is legit.
0: Uh, just to go back with the fairies and this i can't remember what the name of this horse beast was but i thought it was interesting like i'm very curious where they're going with this because when he brought up the fairies roger was like that's weird that you bring up fairies because that's not that's not really like a scottish thing that's you know it it seemed random to roger that like Mm -hmm. that's something that he doesn't know where jimmy's getting this stuff from but uh so I, i don't know where they're going with this but yeah jimmy insists that the Magical horseman is making him steal food, and is real,
1: right? And so Brianna and Roger go into a separate room, and this is when you pointed out that you loved the look of all the Lollybrock stuff, all yeah. the light, the lighting, the set, the design, the costumes, all of it. But you were talking about that you thought both of them should be more open minded, open minded to extraordinary things.
0: Yeah, it's like you guys have both experienced, and Jimmy. And Jimmy. Well, Jemmy's wide open. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, they, they've both experienced, you know, time travel um, twice, by the way. You, you know, they've, they've done some pretty crazy shit. And their son apparently has like a telepathic link where he can speak to babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's like if he's saying, hey, a magical horseman is approaching me and making me steal our cookies. Like, I wouldn't like it doesn't sound plausible. But at the same time, like if you've done some weird shit. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. But they just like completely just got like, no, no way that could be true. It's going to,
1: it's really interesting because I haven't read any of these books now. Like, where is this going? Like, is Jemmy going to, is he just going to go through some stones and then they're going to have to chase him? Like, they are really building this up to be... He is different. He's a troublemaker. He
0: I is... I don't even know that he's a troublemaker. You know what it reminds me of, kind of? And I don't even know if you've seen this movie. But he kind of reminds me of the kid from The Shining.
1: Oh,
0: jeez. Like, like, that's what...
1: Well, you said you actually were happy with this actor. You like I him like. More. I
0: like new Jimmy, yeah. I, yeah. I think this, this young actor is... He's strong. He's got a much thicker accent than old Jimmy. Uh, but he... Uh, I, I think he's good. I'm actually kind of intrigued by like good you know like it pissed me off when younger jemmy was like oh i can speak to my baby sister and she <laughs> said you know but it's like if they're going to like really lean into it and make yeah. it like bizarrely supernatural yeah. i'm all i'm all for that like yeah. if if we can avoid like more of like sad roger at a desk being petulant like give me his weird space child like that's what i'm looking yes. for
1: yeah well we'll see what happens The next scene, we're back with Rachel and she's shaving William. And this is when you said that she was great. And William is also great. Yeah. And he, I love this scene because when she's shaving him, he looks like Jamie, but he talks like John Gray. Mm -hmm. So he's got that same sort of like the way he speaks. And this is where you pointed out that he was Canadian and he actually talks like you and me in, in real life. But Rachel and William agree to travel north together.
0: Yeah, cuz he invites himself along. Well, cuz they say that they're going to meet one of the guys that he was supposed to deliver a letter to and even though I assume he doesn't have the letters anymore because his damn horse stole them. Mm-hmm. I think he still feels like this is at least some opportunity to fulfill his duty and I don't know how the hell he's going to do it cuz he doesn't have anything to give this dude, I know. but I'm not really sure what his plan is, I don't but know I think either. he doesn't know what his plan is and yeah. this is like some semblance of a plan.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because he obviously likes her and her brother Yeah. and she explains that her brother is actually taking the side of the rebels because mm-hmm. like the side of American independence, because he believes in Liberty. And mm-hmm. right now, William is on the redcoat side, but I'm wondering if he's going to change sides and then, and then end up fighting side by side
0: with Jamie. Jay Frey. That would be very interesting. Well, and I, I will say Willie's doing a good job of playing his like covert role. You know like because he's like oh um so you're a stinking traitor to the crown then but he doesn't he doesn't like he (laughs) he doesn't actually come out and say it but you can tell it you know in his tone but but he he keeps his yeah he's cool keeps covert he's cool
1: he's super cool yeah
0: i like this i like this actor and this character
1: jamie could use having a kid around i will say like wouldn't that be nice for him if he and william fight together and then william can just come live with them like they're lonely
0: yeah they need something they
1: need someone yeah now, did you think that he was flirting with her? Uh...
0: Like, not as hard as he. obviously. I mean, I think he... I think... No. No, really? Maybe a little bit. I just feel like that is, like, his way. I just feel like he's sort of, like... He just has that, like, swarthy nobleman and, oh. aris- like, aristocratic, like, um, entitlement. Okay. To his sure. presence. which yeah. is Which is, like, I buy. Uh... It's not like Ian where he was like
1: it was a pleasure meeting yeah like
0: Ian was like let's do some serious business here <laughs> uh, yeah like like and and she was if if okay if, yeah if william was uh was was trying to lay it on to her she was she only has eyes for young Ian
1: I don't know I thought she was being a little flirty with him too really? I'm like is this a love triangle what's happening
0: could be a love triangle maybe
1: So the last scene is we have Claire and Jamie and they're leading all the soldiers and it's Claire's voiceover and she says this familiar walk of knowing with every step death lies beside them and then they walk up to a camp and there's a drone shot and I didn't love this shot because it's a dissolve from Claire and Jamie to a clear like set shot It's an overhead and it just seems like lazy to me. Like, don't just show us a set, like show the characters walking up to the set.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, my own, the only thing I can think of with that. And I, I'm, as I've said before this season, I'm not up on my, you know, American history or war of independence or whatever it's called. But I assume like this area that they're going into is some area of, Significance, so they're sort of trying to give it its hero shot. Like, oh, like again, much like Quaker Oats, there, like they're uh, they're they made it out like this area that they've gone to is like a big fucking deal, yeah, even though it means nothing to me and you, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, okay, whatever, cool. Like, it still just annoys me that they're there at all.
1: Oh, okay, that's it, that's the episode, yeah. So, who was your MVP?
0: You know, this is the first time in a long time that I've actually had to choose. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, like, probably since the Murtaugh days, to be honest. Really? Because uh, no. um, it's going to be either William or, um, it's you know, there's a couple choices here. There's William. There's the new girl. Uh, Rachel. Who, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, even though she didn't have a huge role, I picked up everything she was putting down. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to give, like, a like a grand finale shout out to Tom Christie mm. for that actor for his mm-hmm. last big monologue, tearing his eye and shit. Like, come on. Um, it's gotta be one of those three, what but I'm young. Ian, young Ian. Not everyone strong. can pull
1: off that pleasure meeting you.
0: No, that's true. Smoldering, smoldering Ian. Um, I'm going to give it to William though. The William, uh, character, because I feel like this episode was his coming out party. Yeah. Like this was his establishment as like, I'm a character. I've got shit to say, stuff to do. I'm important to like he's got his own arc, he's got his own character. Now and where he is He pulled it off. And he was great. Like he that actor can carry scenes. He carried the scenes when it was just him and the horse and the snake and the alligator. <laughs> yeah. Like he he was he was even good when they were trying to like cut his arm off. Like he, he was. was very convincing and then he passed out in a convincing way. <laughs> yeah. Like he was uh like this this character, this actor is strong. So, uh, you know, I think I'm going to have to give it to him. Okay. You Young Ian, oh, how are you doing? How you doing? Yeah, yeah,
1: that worked for me. No,
0: yeah, no, no. He was he was uh, getting it done for sure.
1: Okay, best scene.
0: I think the how you doing scene. I really liked that scene. It was really good. Um, you know, there wasn't really anything actiony in this episode at all. I didn't mind the uh, also the operating table scene. I felt was pretty mm-hmm. good. It was pretty tense. Um, It looked gross like the makeup job they did on the arm was really good. It was, you know, like for some of the, you know, me, um, you know, getting on them earlier for things looking cheap earlier in the season. Like that was some pretty good looking makeup. Yeah. Wicked gross, Uh, which is what they were, what they're shooting for. So, yeah, I think that was a pretty strong scene. I can't think of anything better. You? Okay. Uh,
1: Yeah. My favorite scene was on the porch with young Ian and Rachel. Yeah. Yep.
0: God, I I hope they get back together.
1: Oh, I know. Me too. Worst
0: scene. Oh, worst scene was the conference of morons talking about why they have to stay and fight in a war they already know how it's (laughs) going to work out. Like, that's the worst scene because it's so damn stupid.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, we're agreeing on everything Yeah, we're we're
0: very much in lockstep here.
1: Rating out of 100.
0: You know... I'm not gonna pretend I hated this episode. No. <laughs> Trust me, I don't have to pretend usually, but uh, it, it was okay. Like it was, uh, there was some good things. There was, of course, some stupid things because it wouldn't be Outlander if something didn't happen to piss me off. But um, you know, there's some interesting momentum. I mean, what are we at? At what? At a seven. Uh- Out
1: of a hundred. Out of a hundred. Why do you always act like you don't know our rating system? I give it
0: 53 forest snakes out of a hundred. It's 53.
1: Okay. I give this 87.
0: Really? Yeah. Your scores have been surprisingly low. 87 is honors. I thought you might hundred this because it had, I'm serious, because it had like... A, a respectable sex scene between Claire and Jamie, yeah, a, a, that's true. a legitimate bodice ripper. Yeah, it had a smoldering, intense uh, eye-banging scene with young Ian. Love that. Yeah. You yeah. love that. I know you love that. And uh, and like William was strong. Like Tom Chris Like I don't know. Like you saw flustered Claire. Like I mean, it wasn't the Outlander of old, so maybe not. But I feel like back in the day, you were giving like hundred and thirty-five out of a hundred. No. So the uh,
1: the garrison commander from season 1 mm-hmm. is 100 ultimate like yeah 11. that would be like 120%. Right. The wedding episode would be like over 100. Like those are the episodes that get 100, 110, 120. Right. Um I also loved um the battle joined. Yeah. Episode 1 season 3 like that would be 100. Our 100th, first ever podcast. Our by first the way. ever podcast. Yeah. But no, like these eighty-seven is strong. It's a strong grade. I'm just are. used
0: to when you love it, just being like,
1: oh, fuck yeah. Like, but I didn't. I mean, I did really enjoy this episode. Yeah. But it we're not in, we're not in the same Outlander world we no, used to be. We are like we are. we're not that's in true. Kansas anymore, no. right? Like even for me, this right. is, you know, it's, no, that's fair. eighty-seven that's is fair. solid. But like, I don't know what season you think we're watching. That's Perhaps we should do a season one recap. Oh my God. I feel like my fifty-three is
0: now too high. After okay. you 87.
1: 87 is a good mark
0: okay that's fair right. okay this is a good score
1: okay well that's it for today
0: that's right uh, we'll be back for episode 5 yes, in one right. week's time we sure will be I'm looking forward to it okay, okay. I'll be back. bye gotta get back in time